Well, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 97 of Starting the Conversation and welcome to a very exciting installment in the seven days of Q&A series where I am sitting down to ask a question of my dad. My dad is honestly one of my biggest heroes. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll have likely heard me quote him a few times because honestly, that man has so much wisdom to share, which has definitely contributed to the growth of this business. So it only felt right to finally get him on the podcast and not just butcher his words through my secondhand recital of it, but give him a chance to speak directly. Something that I find really inspiring about my dad is the intentional relationship that he has built with rest and balance and rhythm. Like many of us, he's experienced burnout through overworking and not having a rhythm to his life. So he's got a huge amount to share on the topic of building a daily, a weekly and a monthly rhythm in order to counteract that burnout and basically break up with burnout, which let me tell you is something that I am putting my hand up for and I was so interested to dive into within this episode. I hope you take as much from this as I did. I feel like I could listen to my dad talk about this for days. So without further ado, I'll let you get into it and hear all things rhythm from my dad, Simon Benham. Let's go. Dad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. How does it feel? It feels slightly strange to be on this end. Are you often on the other end of the podcast, are you? <laughs> well, I'm, you know, hosting lots of things and speaking and stuff. So yeah, it's very, very nice. Very true. Have you listened to the podcast before? I have listened to your podcast, yeah, on occasions, not every single one of them. Which ones have you listened to? Do you remember? I listened to the one with you and Cray, but I probably shouldn't mention oh, thanks, that, Dad. you know. <laughs> Just me and my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> to be fair, the week that I announced on social media that him and I broke up, that episode got the most downloads of any episode. Yeah. People so are nosy. They are. So they're probably going to listen to this because they're nosy as well, I'd have thought, won't they? Yeah. But we won't ever break up. No. Because you're my dad. I promise that. There we go. People yeah. are very excited to hear you on the podcast. Are they? Well, yeah. I hope I don't disappoint. I'm slightly worried about I that. I know. Maybe I've bigged you up because I quote you a lot. And often when I tell you that I've quoted you and tell you the quote, you can't remember saying said quote. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happened a few times now. The most famous one is the one of your inbox is someone else's to-do list. Yeah, Do you I think I probably yet? did say that one, yeah. Okay, it yeah. was just, sure. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like something you'd sounds say. Sounds like something I You've got said, a lot yeah. of wisdom, which is why I wanted you to join me today. Well, it's nice to have you say that. Appreciate that. So the topic I want to ask you about in this episode of seven days of Q&A mm. is around rest. And I feel like within... I don't know what, like the phrase burnout, is that really niche to my world or is that something? No, no, I think that certainly lives in the church world where I am. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. Lots of people burning out, lots of people, yeah, hitting those buffers and mm -hmm. crashing and burning. And I've talked to a couple of times in this podcast about my experience of burnout and now mm. what kind of an attempt at rest and balance within my kind of life looks like. And I think a lot of that comes from an experience that you've walked through and kind of the things that you are always trying to teach me and remind me about balance and rest and not yep. burning out. So can you start by telling, I guess, a bit of your experience with this? Yeah, yeah. so my background is electronics. Um, so I did a degree in electronics and I worked for venture capital funded startup company doing um, chip design for mm -hmm. them. And, uh, and then about 12 years ago, I took over leading um, the church that I lead now, Kerith Community Church 
It was pretty stressful. I'd never led a church before. That's quite a big change. That was quite a big change. A, a techie office man to leading quite a large church. Yeah, yeah. And I took over from a guy who'd led the church for 43 years. So there's a lot of pressure. You know, quite a reasonable sized church, around 500 people. So quite a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I started in the October. There were lots of celebrations for the guy who'd been there before me. And then I went to Zambia. And as a church, we were looking at setting up an HIV AIDS project to alleviate some of the impact of HIV AIDS and went out there and then went to America and then came back and spoke at our Cal concerts and then got to the January and uh, remember cycling back home one day and just felt weird and basically came home and was then was in bed for three months, just crashed, had completely exhausted myself um, emotionally and physically and was totally drained and just had no energy for three months, uh, which was pretty grim. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. I feel like that just says that mum's a bit of a hero. She did do, your mum was amazing in terms of looking after me and the church team were amazing in terms of just keeping stuff going. But it was pretty stressful just having taken over and wondering what everyone thought. So I learned a lot out of that. And did you, in the kind of run up to being burnt out, spot any of the warning signs? Or for you, was it only once you burnt out and looked back that you thought, ah, probably should have spotted this coming yeah, it was only really when I learned back I, I was just completely ill-equipped for like all the pressure that was going to come mm. I think until you're like the sole like leader you know the number one leader I'd, I'd been on the staff team part-time but I think until you actually feel the responsibility of you know the finances and the people and all the pastoral stuff you don't really realize what that role looks like and mm. um, so it was only really in the January that yeah looking back on it that I realized I'd just completely overextended myself and taken on far too much Mm. so then you took those three months off well I just couldn't get out of bed basically and every now and again I get out of bed and do something and then I'll be ill for four or five days so it wasn't good you just knew something was up yeah I never really there was never any sort of diagnosis and I gradually just got strength back um, Mm. and gradually could do more yeah it was pretty grim Mm. what do you feel off the back of that changed in terms of your relationship then with how you approach work because I feel like burnout's never that you know run into the brick wall once and you never go near it again kind of thing it's a constant balance right I think so I think I'm, I'm a long way from it now mm. so um, but that I, was a long time ago yeah and your relationship with rest is very different yeah then. I think I went through a bit of a cycle of you know I'd work and then every three months I'd probably be in bed for a couple of days um, and that became a bit of a, a pattern. That's like me now. <laughs> We're too similar. Exposing. See, so yeah, I'd do two months or three months and then I'd I'd just crash and I'd come home and just lie down for a couple of days and then I'd be okay. Mm. And maybe I'd be a little bit sick, um, like physically sick. And then, but I think, yeah, it's taken me a long time to get to where I am now of really thinking I'm on top of this. Mm. Why is rest such an important thing to you? Well, I think you want to do what you do out of a good place. You know, I think if I'm leading a church inviting people into something you want to be doing that from a place where actually it's giving you life and filling you otherwise you're inviting people into something which is a bit false and isn't really real yeah and I feel like in a way there are a lot of parallels to be drawn in terms of what you do and what it looks like to run a business because there's that similar thing you know it's obviously a different mission and a different purpose but when you're service-based you feel like you're kind of the purpose of your role is to be of service to other people and that would be very true within the work that you do but something you're always saying is that analogy of like you can't pour from an empty cup Mm. and that in order to fulfill that kind of mission and purpose and impact 
you yourself first have to be mm. in that good place. And I know when I'm not in that good place, I like resent people and their demands and I can't make decisions well and I just don't lead well when I'm not in that good place. It's not mm. great for the rest of the staff team that I lead. Mm. So actually the best thing I can do for them is be in a good place myself. Mm. Something I'm interested in is that I think it's very easy to have these conversations and be aware of it. And anyone that's tuned into this podcast before and has heard me talk about this topic is very aware it's something I'm always talking about, but the putting it into practice and making it a thing that's kind of actually true within your life is very different. And something that I really admire within how you approach this topic is actually how practical you make it. Mm. So what, is it, what does it look like for you actually kind of making rest a priority in your life? I think the thing I've really discovered is that you have to live life with rhythm. You know, that we try and live life almost like a flat line where we're just going flat out the whole time. And actually, you know, think of like one of those heart rate monitors, you know, it's the ups and downs that represent the life. And yeah, if there are ups and downs, then that's pretty grim. Yeah, so, so I think true. I've learned a lot about finding, I, I guess we live in a world that's naturally got rhythm. Mm. So you think of um, just the day. And I, I remember that first time I went to Zambia and uh, we went with an aid organization and they literally to let us see what HIVAs looked like on the ground, took us individually and, and we stayed in a um, village, stayed in mud huts and uh, there was no running water, no electricity. So just this weird thing happened when it, when it got dark, everyone just stopped. Mm. because there were no light bulbs, there was no electricity, there were no candles, you know, you just physically couldn't see anything. So you realise that, that actually the world has a rhythm to it, which we've got rid of, because now we have light bulbs, we have electricity. So for us, as soon as it gets dark, we just turn the lights on and we can just carry on working. It's so true. And I think you layer on top of that now, you know, the whole technology piece. Mm. And, you know, one of my things was I'd sleep with my phone next to my bed. Yeah. And, um, you know, on my phone, I had email and Twitter and Facebook and everything else. So the moment I woke up, I might pick up my phone to turn off the alarm. Mm. But then I'd immediately um, be looking at my work email. Um, I'd be you seeing get a what, lot of emails as well. I get a lot of emails. Lot of emails. And then I'd be seeing, you know, what crazy thing Donald Trump's done overnight. And, you know, <laughs> I'd just get into that whole world. From the moment I woke up, I was just switched on to, to work. Yeah. And then pretty much the last thing I'd do before I went to sleep would be just have one more look at my phone. And one more sort of dopamine hit of like, oh, that's come in or somebody's like that or whatever. And you realize that you live almost like with your flight and fight response of that level of being ramped up. And you're just not designed. We're not designed to live the day at that level. Yeah, that's such an intense like thing to try and sustain. Mm. It's when you kind of feel like you end the day and you almost just relax because you're like, oh, my gosh, it's, mm. you're holding so much. Mm. And then you can't go to sleep because you're all revved up. So I think I've learned a huge amount about, first of all, finding the rhythm of the day. Um, so, you know, I don't sleep with my phone next to my bed now. You know, so... Why do you sleep with your phone? Uh, my phone's on the little um, um, dressing table. Okay, so it's in the, your room, but it's, it's in the room, away but from it's your bed. different. And then I've, yeah, I've got an alarm clock, so I wake up with that. I don't pick my phone up first thing. I'll go and do some other stuff. So for me, I'll go and pray connecting that way I don't have email on my phone I don't have social media on my phone so I have to open my laptop if I want to see any of those things um, and actually for the first hour or so of the day don't do anything that looks like work mm. um, so have a breakfast take the dog for a walk just start the day in that sort of much slower rhythm yeah and then have a moment when I go okay I'm going to start work now but even through the day you know take those stops just regular moments to stop whether it's a meal or whether it's seeing somebody and then at the end of the day you know, have a moment when you go, okay, I've finished work for the day now. 
mm. and and I'm going to stop and that might be six o'clock or that might be eight o'clock. But from that point in the day, I'm not going to look at any more email. I'm not going to do any more social media. I'm just going to enjoy being with the people in my world. And yeah, and finding that rhythm to the day, I think for me has been crucial. Mm. And I'm interested within that because I've seen your schedule and seen the amount of emails that you have come through. Like there's a lot mm. of stuff you could always be doing. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen one of your to-do lists that you steal from me, by the way. Yeah, yeah, they're um, very nice. Thank you for those. Stash. Thank you, Sadler Jones. Um, I don't think I've ever seen one of those like completely crossed off. I feel like there's always more that you could mm. do. You know, in that moment where you're deciding to stop work at a certain time or you're deciding not to work mm. for a few hours, but you know there's so much you could or should, or I guess should is, isn't even the right word to use, be doing. How do you still make that decision to rest over over those things? I think partly you just realise for your own well-being you've got to. Yeah. I think often prioritising stuff. Um, so I know that if I do my email first, that's a fatal thing to do. Because four hours later, I'll still be doing my email. Mm. And almost like the faster I respond, the faster people send stuff back. Isn't that the worst when you've got through all your emails and then mm. people have already started replying? It's terrible. It's so infuriating. So I think I've realized, you know, I need to do the big things first. So if I've got a, for me, if it's a sermon that I'm preparing or a blog that I need to write, I need to do that first rather than thinking I'll just clear my inbox and then I'll do that thing. Mm because then I get deeply frustrated because I never get to that thing. Yeah. Or if there's a phone call I need to make. So actually I know that I've done the really, the important things for me. Yeah. And then I can stop and, and to be honest, email's never normally that important. I might flick through my inbox and just see if there's anything that needs an immediate response. Mm. But um, most of it can wait. Wise man once said, your inbox is someone else's to-do list. It is, yeah, it's yeah. It's very true. Yeah. So that's what a daily rhythm looks like for you. And I know for you, rhythm comes into a, something a lot bigger than that talk yeah. to me about where it goes from there so I've, I've then discovered a weekly rhythm so you know i think the world was designed with a rhythm to the week it was interesting the french revolution they tried to introduce 10 day weeks and it just didn't work nobody mm. like could come to terms with it and i think you know i'm a christian so that comes from a obviously a jewish background and this whole idea of sabbath so having a 24 hour period every week where I just do nothing that looks like work yeah to turn everything off and that doesn't just mean like work, work. It means shopping, you know, for home. It means doing the washing, doing, you know, accounts, doing whatever it might be for 24 hours. Just go, I get a 24 hour period to connect with family, mm. connect with friends, read books, go for walks, um, do park run, just do that stuff. And for me, that's been unbelievably life giving. Yeah. So for you and mum, a Friday night to a Saturday night, because mm. a Saturday night you start doing some work, right? Ready for yeah. church on Sunday. And to clarify, when you say that you don't do anything that resembles work, that doesn't mean that you guys like just sit at the kitchen table and no. you'll be going, you know, doing a lot of 5k run that you do every Saturday and getting yeah. your takeaway and watching TV and All that stuff. going for dog yeah. walks. So doing things that to you feel really joyful, but don't at all resemble and I should do this or yeah. I need to do this. Yeah, either from a home basis or a work basis. Mm. And I think whatever, whatever revives me, refreshes me, brings me joy, they're the things that you get to do in those 24 hours. And it actually means outside of that, you have to be more planned. Yeah. Because all those other things like going and do the shopping or doing the washing, you have to do it some other time. And actually you have to work at that. But for me, it's, it's almost like a magical, I can be completely exhausted on a Friday night when I start that. Mm. And then by the equivalent time on Saturday, I just feel so refreshed and ready yeah. to do, you know, whatever Sunday's going to throw at me. Mm. And something that's so interesting about that, which I've learned through kind of 
blocking my days out in terms of, you know, I don't schedule anything in on a Monday or, you know, I never schedule work stuff at the weekend is that actually when you set boundaries around your time and it's especially when it's then kind of in your calendar or wherever you book stuff in, you don't go past that boundary. But mm. when it's just a loose like, yeah, I try not to do work at these times or I try not to do it then, you, I've always learned that I always overstep that boundary and allow someone to cross over that. But when you are so strict with yourself of I actually just don't work in these periods, whatever work looks like for you, mm. you keep that. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And I think the same will be true of the year. Mm. Um, so we've learned, I think, just about how you have to plan your year. Um, certainly doing what I do. If, if you don't plan it, then people just fill stuff in and there's a wedding or there's a funeral or whatever. Yeah. Um, so we would in November, we sort of plan the whole of 2020. Mm. Um, so we'll know, you know, every probably six weeks, we need a bit of a break because it's just full on. We as you and mum, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally you come. <laughs> yeah, I am invited. Although I'm not invited on the ski trip that's coming up. So, no, you know, you're not. You're very butthurt about slightly that. Slightly hurt about that, yeah, yeah. You have tried to be invited to all of the retreats. Yeah, yeah. One and day so far, I have been banned to all of them. Maybe after this episode, good. people will be wanting you to lead a workshop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can charge more because I'm going to be coming. <laughs> big name, big name. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll plan the year. So we know like next weekend, we're, we're going to Cornwall for the weekend. And that's just such a gift. It's been a really crazy few weeks. I was at a conference last weekend and I went up to York this week to meet with the senior team of a, a charity. And it's just been really busy, but I know I can do that busy because I know there's a stop coming up. Mm. And... You know, week tomorrow, we're going to drive down to Cornwall. We've got an Airbnb there. It's just such a gift. And that we've got those planned all through the year. Yeah. You know, we've got a family one in November, yeah, November. where we all go <laughs> got away. Got a WhatsApp message in December, like, hi, guys, family trip booked for next November. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. But we know that we have to plan those things in because otherwise they won't yeah, happen. it doesn't happen. You know, we've got a holiday in the summer where we're going to take a train down to Dubrovnik and just have a great time doing that. Yeah, so I think that rhythm to the year is key and for me it would be having you know retreats every now and again just time that you get away yeah and get away from it all and then even having a rhythm to the years so in my line of work people will have sabbaticals so every seven years you might have you know a month off or two months off and they're again so just important in terms of resetting direction mm. and so i think there's a rhythm to all of those things i think for me i've learned you've got to find a rhythm to the day a rhythm to the week a rhythm to the year and even a rhythm to the years. Yeah, and you've got to be very intentional about not just setting, but sustaining that rhythm. Mm. Because like you said, the world today isn't built to facilitate rhythm. It's built to make us try and hold this kind of crazy level of energy and output all the time. Mm. And nobody else is going to do it for you. Mm. Well, as, you know, one of the things I work with in my team is them making their own rhythms because everyone's got a different way. And then every stage of life, so when we had young kids... You know, you can't just stop and do everything. You've got to always think about them. So those those rhythms just change as you go through life, as yeah. whether it's a church or a business, goes through different stages. You just have to continuously be reevaluating what you've got capacity for. Mm. It's very interesting. Yeah. I've just never, until I heard you speak about this a few years ago, I've never heard of it talked about in this way of rhythm. But it makes a lot of sense. And I think you think all the best things in the world have rhythm, you know bands and music and you know all that stuff and and we when we fight against the natural rhythm it's like going against the grain mm. and it does damage to our souls it does damage to our mental health it, it you know we, we can only break those things for so long and I think if you don't give yourself a break 
eventually your body gives you one. Yeah, I mean, and, that's, and that's what happened what, for both of us. When yeah, we, we and I think that's out. what those crashes are. That's what burnout is. It's basically your body saying, if, if you're not going to stop, I'm going to make you stop. Yeah. And very often, you know, that manifests itself in physical symptoms, but it, it's a, the thing that lies behind it is, that, is the stress and the pressure that we've put ourselves under. Mm. And like you kind of touched on when you started this, actually rhythm and being intentional about kind of how you do things isn't just fundamental to kind of sustainability and and carrying on but also is fundamental to you actually really enjoying yeah your life and i think that's essential i think we want to enjoy the stuff that we're doing mm. you know we want to do it out of a place of joy if, if this is robbing us of joy really why are we why are we doing it what's the point yeah it's very true thanks that's okay any final any final words of wisdom anything you wish you knew when you were 21 if you see things in me and you think oh, I was a bit like that give me give me some thoughts I think just do one thing as a result of this I often talk on this and people like nod and look at you and you think I'm not sure you're actually going to do anything with this mm. so I wouldn't say like don't implement the whole thing but think hey maybe you're going to take you know email off your phone or maybe you're not going to sleep with your phone next to your bed mm. and have it the first thing that you pick up in the morning maybe you're going to really take the idea of Sabbath and that stop seriously. Just choose one thing and think, okay, I'm going to intentionally do that thing for the next week, the next month. Just begin to form a habit. Mm. And it's really habits that change us. You know, when we form a, a discipline, they're, they're the things that transform us. So I'd, I'd encourage you to take one thing, work on that. When you feel like you've made some progress with that, then, and then pick another yeah. part of rhythm and then put that in place. Yeah, and then you've got evidence that it works and that you can do it. And yeah. you just keep taking it from there. Yeah. This was great. It's been a privilege to be here. Thank you. You enjoyed it. I have really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. You're still not invited on the ski retreat. Am I not? I'm so sorry. Oh. Maybe by popular demand. I'll let you know. I'll yeah, put a yeah. poll on Instagram. Okay. You don't follow me on Instagram or I don't think you've ever watched my Instagram stories, but... I follow you on Instagram. Oh. Do you see Do you my follow stories? me on Instagram? No, I don't follow anyone on Instagram. So. Oh, well, that's why you wouldn't see that. I'm following you on Instagram. <laughs> Come on, Dad. Okay. High five. We're Love done. You. Love you too.